You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. Well, Merry Christmas to you. How's everybody doing this morning? Yeah. Awesome to see you guys. And you know, I love the Christmas time because the togetherness with family and the togetherness with you, my spiritual family, I love worshiping uh, with you on Sundays and particularly today. Um, But one of the things that you got to understand about City Church, if you're new here, is that City Church is all about getting real. Okay, And in the midst of all the holiday hoopla, what we have to acknowledge if we're going to get real is that everyone doesn't have that sense of togetherness and that feeling, uh, those warm feelings around the Christmas time. In fact, some people feel a sense of loneliness and isolation. If you did a quick Google search on holiday loneliness, you would get more links than what you're willing to read. And what all of those links would tell you, as I did uh, a bit of my research preparing for this talk, is that what people feel around the holidays is that they see on television, you know, the quaint little uh, holiday specials where people feel this sense of family and togetherness, or they see on the advertisements these pictures of people enjoying their family around the warm fire in the snow-covered home. And when they see that those pictures don't match their reality, it exacerbates that sense of feeling all alone and isolated, see? So uh, today, as we look at the Christmas story and we, um, during this holiday season, look at our manger scenes, we gotta know that the Christmas story is not all pretty, but sometimes it's very raw and honest about human reality. In order to tell that story, I'm going to need the help of some friends. And so would you guys welcome Jake and Natalie Kreifels out onto the stage to help me tell the Christmas story today. And, and as Jake and Natalie come out, part of the reason that I brought them out is because right now they're pregnant with child and little baby Elodie was, is right in there. And so Elodie's going to come out sometime around February. And so Elodie, Pastor Doug here. Hi, we hope you come out uh, soon. Uh, but anyways, um, they're, they're going to be our Mary, since she's pregnant, right? And Joseph in this story today. And the reason uh, that, that I wanted to, to, to bring them out is obviously because, you know, pregnancy going on, and that was the story of the Christmas story, is Mary is with child. But here's the unique thing about the Joseph and the Christmas story, is that he's dealing with a very difficult situation because he is, uh, his wife is pregnant with a child that comes from God. And you know, that thing that has to happen for uh, a person to be pregnant, um, uh, Joseph knows that that thing has not happened, right? And so I don't know how to say it less awkward, but it's right there in the Bible, you know. Uh, but the, Joseph has a very unique situation because uh, his, his wife is pregnant and she's uh, pregnant with child from the Holy Spirit of God. She's pregnant with the son of God. And so Joseph is wondering what's going on here. All he knows is he's engaged to this woman and she's pregnant and he knows he didn't have anything to do with the pregnancy, right? And so he's just trying to decide if he wants to stay married to her, if he wants to go through with the wedding and be married to her. And then God comes to him in, uh, in a dream and in, in, with an angel and says, go ahead and be married to Mary. She's telling the truth. Look at this little face. Would this face lie, right? <laughs> she's telling the truth. 
And look at what Matthew says in chapter one, verse 23. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him what? Emmanuel, which means what? God is with us. And so even before the baby Jesus would be born, God is saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. And that's why no matter your circumstance or situation or what you're going through now or at any time, you can make this Christmas declaration. It's simply this. When you feel isolated, remember Emmanuel. Could we say that together out loud? When you feel isolated, remember Emmanuel. Go ahead and turn to your neighbor and tell him that declaration. When you feel isolated, remember Emmanuel. Good. No matter your circumstance or situation, when you feel isolated, remember who? Which means God is with us. Good. Would you guys thank Jake and Natalie for helping me out today? Thank you, guys. So you can remember Emmanuel in those times, and I want you to think back in your life to the time where you felt the most isolated. Maybe um, it, it, it's when you're a single parent. Any single parents here today? And it's like, sometimes you feel like you're the only adult voice in the home, and it's like you feel isolated and alone. Uh, perhaps for some of you, you're surrounded by people, but you feel disconnected with the people that you're around. And so you could be in a crowd, but you still feel isolated and alone. Maybe some of you had a step-parent, and some of you have really great step-parents, but others of you had step-parents that made you feel isolated and alone, like you weren't a part of of his or her family. Um, for some of you, you're a parent and you've raised your kids and you love them, but you got a teenager right now that's blocking you out of his or her life and it makes you feel isolated and alone, isolated from your child that you would do anything for. Some of you grew up as latchkey kids and um, parents were doing what they had to do to pay the bills and they had to work a lot. And so your babysitter was a video game console and you grew up and your babysitter, the only one that was with you at the time was like Super Mario, right? When you were trying to save the princess. Some of you remember that. Others of you, uh, the only one around you were the soldiers in Call of Duty or for some of you, it's just the angry birds were there for you, you know, uh, when you're playing those games. And then for some of us, we're thinking about, we're feeling loneliness because this is the first Christmas without someone that we love that passed away, see? Perhaps that's someone's Christmas this year and you're dealing with, coping with, not being with that person that was always there at the family Christmas gathering. You know, one of the most lonely times in my life was when I first went to college I didn't know anybody at the university I was going to. And to make matters worse, my roommate was like on the baseball team. He'd gone to that university the year before and he knew everybody or so it felt to me. And I'm sitting in my dorm room all alone and he's going out, hanging out with all his cool friends. Oh, they're so cool, you know? And I'm sitting there by myself, bitter and alone, see? Um, I'm thinking to myself, man, it's great to be you. It sucks to be me because I'm sitting here in this dorm by myself. But then I realized what I need to do. I was fairly new at really trying to follow Christ at that time in my life. I mean, I'd believed in Christ many years before, but, uh, you know, in just those years, I, I was trying to really walk with God the best I knew how. And you know what I decided to do when I'm sitting alone in that dorm room? I didn't know anybody. I opened my Bible I prayed and I spent time with God 
and I had some sweet times with God. And one of the verses that I came across was in Luke chapter five, look at verse 16, which says, but Jesus often withdrew. It's like Jesus got alone on purpose. He withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And if you're in a season of, or going into a season of, or having been in a season of lonely place, connect. Remember Emmanuel, right? He's with you there. Um, He would go to those lonely places and he prayed. And that changed my outlook when I was in college and I couldn't wait to get out of class so I could get back to my room and be alone with Emmanuel because God by his spirit was present with me and I could really sense his presence with me in those sweet times of being alone. So it's not always bad to be alone. Now, Joseph in the Christmas story not only felt isolated and alone because of his unique situation, but he also felt threatened and alone because of his enemy, Herod. Now, I'm going to have another friend come out who's going to represent Herod today. James, would you go ahead and come on out? And uh, I asked James to wear a crown today. Now, in real life, James is a really nice guy. I mean, one of the best dudes you'd ever want to meet. Um, But I asked him to wear this crown today because he's going to represent the cruel overlord king, uh, Herod of that day, Herod the Great. And so, James, could you kind of give us your best Herod, cruel overlord, gangsta face? Scaring the children, James. So let me tell you about Herod here. See, Herod was a brilliant, wealthy builder in addition to being the overlord in charge, being given charge of Palestine by the Caesar. And he built these big, beautiful palaces. In fact, one of his palaces was called the Herodium. And the Herodium was the largest palace of its day. Um, There was a man-made hill of dirt that was created there where his personal quarters would be at the top. And the height of that uh, would have been as tall as the Tower of the Americas. And so it was a beautiful, Uh, ornate palace. But another of his homes was at the harbor of Caesarea. And the harbor of Caesarea was uh, the most advanced harbor in all of antiquity. And then he had a third home. He loved a place with a view. So he created this place on the side of a mountain called Masada. He built this on the side of this mountain there. It has a beautiful view. In the next picture of Masada, you'll see uh, the great view of my wife looking out over uh, Masada there, which overlooks the Dead Sea. And so it's an amazing view from up there. But this guy has lots of real estate holdings. He was the wealthiest man in the world at that time, but he was ruthless. In fact, any of his family members that would... uh, do anything suspicious, he would kill them because he didn't want anyone to take over what he had. See, have you ever known someone that had so much that they held so tightly to it and they were threatened by anyone around them who appeared to be successful in any way? So this guy, Herod, put out an order that all the Hebrew babies would be killed because he had heard about a potential little king Hebrew baby about to be born, and he gave the order. And mothers in all of Jerusalem, all of Palestine were crying because their babies were being killed. Yet an angel of the Lord came to Joseph to give him 
a, warning, a, a, a word of warning and help to get out of there. So would you guys thank James for coming out and taking one for the team and being the bad guy for me today? And when you're in this situation of feeling isolated and alone and threatened, I want to give you some encouragement from Hebrews. Look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2 and 5. It says, don't forget to show when you're hurting. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. That'll root out the Herod inside of you. Because God has said, look at this part, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So even though Herod, uh, uh, Joseph was worried about the Herod in his life, he had God there with, say, with him saying, hey, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. He sends an angel to tell him to flee with the baby to Egypt. And Joseph, Mary, and baby Jesus were able to escape the wrath of Herod. Do you have a Herod in your life, by the way? Or have you ever had a Herod in your life? Someone that was very insecure about themselves. And you seem to be like the rising star and the Herod tried to push you out, marginalize you. And you know, I don't want to throw too many stones at the Herod because I think we have a little bit of Herod in all of us, don't we? That wants to accumulate more and more stuff. And there's nothing wrong with being blessed with stuff. But when we start to nix people out to hang on to what we have, that's when Herod gets a hold of our hearts, see? So we can root that out through generosity and through love. And some of you have a Herod in your life chasing you right now, but you can remember Emmanuel. He's with you, right? And you know, uh, God saves us, not just from the Herods in our life, but he saves us from something to something. And that something is a spiritual family that he baptizes us into. So Serena, would you go ahead and get situated now in the baptism pool? And I'm, uh, Serena is going to be our first baptism today. And one of the verses that I wanted to read to you, and by the way, those of you who are being baptized, if you would go ahead and come on down and get situated and get ready there, um, I'd appreciate it. But I want to read to you a passage from Matthew chapter 28. Uh, look at verse 19. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And I'm going to step down here in just a second. I'm going to baptize you, Serena. Um, but I wanted to say this, is that when you are baptized, you're baptized into a family. You're no longer alone. And so as the band plays and we worship and you see people being baptized here, you can know that people are being baptized into spiritual family. So let's enjoy uh, this multi-sensory experience called baptism. Lord, we thank you that you came and were born as a little baby in a manger to set us free so that we could not just be born by water, but also by the Spirit. And we thank you what is represented here today. 
that it's like children being born into your family, into our spiritual family that we commit to love and support. And Lord, we know that it's like your birthday and so we don't wanna just celebrate with presents for ourselves, but we know that the stuff that you want is not like the stuff at the mall or the stuff on amazon.com, but it's precious souls of people because people are the true treasures in this world. And so we give to you souls represented by baptism and we hope that you will look upon it with pleasure and enjoy your birthday this year as we celebrate you, Jesus. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. Amen. That's a pretty good time, isn't it? Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.